Are you a follower of Jesus Christ who's done being quiet? Are you ready to tell the world whose you are, totally, fearlessly, and unapologetically? And are you ready to smash that imaginary wall that supposedly divides your career and faith life? Welcome to the C-Suite for Christ podcast, where we talk about living as a disciple of Christ in the world of work. Before we get to the content we have in store for you today, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Are you a Christian-based organization? Well, so are we, and we're here to serve you. We want to help you with your mission, so please visit paragonmarketinggroup.com to see how we can help. Well, hello once again, everybody. Welcome to the Covering the World in Christ podcast. I am your host, Paul M. Newberger, the founder of C-Suite for Christ, and it is a blessing to have you here today. As always, we got a great show in store for you here today because we refuse to back down. We refuse to be quiet. We refuse to go away. We are Christians, and we are gosh darn proud about it. And if that offends somebody, that's their problem, not ours. Our stated mission at C-Suite for Christ is to do just that, to cover the world in Christ and to shine a light into every dark place in society. And boy, society is dark today, isn't it? I mean, you got people avoiding the news just because they don't want to get angry. They don't want to get upset. You've got people having their families torn asunder because somebody supports Biden, somebody supports Trump or whatever the case may be. And I don't know about you, but as a very outspoken Christian, if you're following us on social media, God bless you. If you're not, the heck you're waiting for. You can follow me personally, Paul M. Newberger, on both Facebook and LinkedIn. But for sure, follow C-Suite for Christ again, also on Facebook and LinkedIn. We also have a YouTube channel. So if you want to subscribe to that, that would be awesome. But I tell you, I get, I get subjected to hate every single day. Somebody just the other day derided me of, uh, said that I uh, I believe in fairy tales and an imaginary figure and whatever. I mean, but but that's just what it's like out there. That's why we need a ministry like C-Suite for Christ, and that's why we need a podcast like this. So it's a blessing to have you. Our guest today is going to be Mark Mears. He is the Chief Growth Officer for Leaf Growth Ventures. He's a member of C-Suite for Christ. What a just a remarkable guy he is, and you're going to Look forward to hearing his words of wisdom coming up here later on in the program. But I'll tell you, in terms of what I want to share with you today, you know, a lot of people know me as the C-Suite for Christ guy. A lot of people know me as the cold call coach. That was the first business I started about a decade ago. Yes, I'm nuts in the head. I do think my parents dropped me on my noggin a couple times when I was young, but I, I adore cold calling. I think everybody should be not only doing it, but doing gobs of it. Uh, so they know me as the C-suite guy. They know me as the cold call coach guy, and they also know me as the international public speaker, which I'm very blessed to do on an ongoing regular basis. But not a lot of people remember the uh, detour that I took for almost three years when I accepted the role as president of the Star Group at the time, one of the largest independent family-owned insurance agencies in the state of Wisconsin. It's run by Tim Starr and Mary Starr, two of my absolute favorite people on earth. I like to say that Mary Starr is my adoptive great-great-grandmother. I love you, Mary. I know she listens to the show. 
but anyway, I love I loved my time at the Star Group. At the time, they were one of my largest sales training clients, and they were so pleased by how I fundamentally changed the culture from a sales perspective of their insurance agency. They asked me to serve as their president, and I was very excited to do so at the time. They're, I'm not going to go into all the details, but the, the timing was right in late 2017 to, to take this detour for several years. And it was right both personally and professionally. But one of the things that I did, when, when I look back at a retrospect, I don't regret the decision. I don't regret joining the Star family. I don't regret anything about that. But I, I do sort of regret how my first couple of months in office started. Uh, I guess in my defense, I was very excited. There was a lot of gusto. There was a lot of enthusiasm. There was a lot of passion. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, I thought, I'm going to turn this organization around. Now, it doesn't mean that the organization was in a bad uh, bad place. Far from it. it it's one of the, the best cultures on the planet. Very healthy organization. Very well run. So it doesn't need to be turned around. It's just how do we take this really solid foundation and how do we, you know, enhance it? How do we put it on steroids? How do we just have this really organic growth mindset to put this thing on turbo boosters? And that's what I did. I I, I just came in uh, like a bull in a china shop. I had a ton of ideas, had a ton of energy, had a ton of enthusiasm. And what we started to do from day one, I just started making the rounds. Okay, guys, here's what we're going to do. Here's where we're going to go. Here's how we're going to do this. Here's how we're going to knock down barriers. Here's, 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 here's. And a lot of people said, dude, it's like drinking out of a freaking fire hose here. What? It's, it's a lot. Hey, we appreciate your enthusiasm, but whoa, may, maybe turn it down to 120 miles per hour there, Sparky. This is this is kind of hard for us to, to keep up with. And after the, the first couple months, we got off to a very good start. I, I think people were open to change. I think people were open to trying something new. I think people were thinking, you know, this guy's a pretty successful sales trainer and coach. Why don't we see what we have? But as you get, if you, as you start to get to month four, five, six, seven, we started to plateau a little bit, and we were still doing good. But the peaks that we saw, the the really the high revenue and all these other things kind of going on, started to come down a little bit. And I did, what, what's what's going on here? And if anything else, I started to get a little more on the case of the sales team. Come on, guys, we got to try harder. Here's another idea. Come on, guys, we got to pick it up. Here's another idea. Come on, guys, what's your problem? Here's two more things that you should do. Come on, turn it around. And it just kept getting worse. There was grumbling in the office about me. There were people in the office that started to tune me out. There were individuals that reported to me, people on the sales team that were not overly happy with what I was doing and how I was doing it. And one of the things that they started to do is they just started to, like I said, tune me out, ignore me, start to go in their own direction. And again, one of the things that I thought at the time was, oh, geez, I just maybe I have a bad team. Maybe I just have a couple bad players. Maybe there's a couple of individuals here that just aren't going to be with us for a long time because they're not picking up on all the things that I'm talking about. And I never really stopped to think, you know what? Maybe it's me. Couldn't be me. I have all these ideas. It couldn't be me. I've got all this energy. It couldn't be me. I've got all this enthusiasm. It couldn't be me. I'm a sales trader. It's got to be somebody else. And then I remember one of the guys on the team who was a great guy. I mean, everybody at the Star Group, are, are, I mean, it's one of the few organizations I've ever been associated with where I loved everybody. Everybody was just truly amazing. But this person in particular I knew was, was kind of falling out for me a little bit, grumbling a little bit about me behind my back, you know, kind of rolling their eyes at sales meetings or whatever the case is. And he was just not really in a good place. 
at that day. His numbers weren't overly good. He was kind of stuck in the doldrums a little bit. And I, and I remember I just, I stopped in his office and we're small talk and everything else. And I remember I, I just, I just asked a question when I said, how you doing? He's like, I'm, I'm not doing so well. I'm struggling a little bit. And I, I just, I guess just like instinctively, I didn't even really think about it. But the question that I asked him was, was a simple one. It was this, well, how can I help? And he, uh, his eyes opened up a little bit and he kind of poured out a little bit about what he's struggling with and what some of his challenges were and how he could use my help. And the one of the things that makes me me is I'm about as fearless as it comes. And he was having a hard time getting in front of a large organization. Well, Paul, I could really use some help getting into this organization. I said, sure, let, let me, let me think about it for a little bit. Went back to my office, pondered it, went on LinkedIn, looked at the mutual connection, six, de- six degrees of separation, offered some value add propositions. The person then agreed to get me in with one of the decision makers. I had a call with that decision maker, went really well. I ran a meeting and I brought that producer with me. He was thrilled. He was happy. He was, he was beside himself. Like, dude, you were able to do something in a couple of weeks that I couldn't do in a couple of years here. I say this not to brag, but I, I say this is, is a bit of a mea culpa here. I was there for seven months before I asked the question, how can I help you? I was pretty much leading from the top down. Hey, guys, here's my ideas. Do them. Hey, guys, here's my thoughts. Implement them. Hey, guys, here's the direction that I want to go. Start walking the lockstep with me. I never Shame on me. I never sat down to say, what do you want? What do you need? How can I help you? How can I lead you? How can I serve you? And when I saw how well this worked with this one producer, I started to ask that question a lot more often. How can I help you? How can I serve you? What do you need my help on today? How can I be of service to you today? One, everybody always had a ready answer because everybody needed a little help. Everybody needed a little support and guidance. And one of the things is we I, I started to hear from them. I started to hear what their challenges were. And my role as president of the star group at that time now morphed. It wasn't my idea to come up with new initiatives and everything else. I, I pretty much became the CLO, the chief listening officer. And I started to help based on what everybody had a problem with. And these worked out so well. Sure, we still had our monthly sales meetings to get the team together and learn from each other. But I started to add new meetings to our monthly repertoire. Love that word, repertoire, every month. And I called those strategy sessions. This was me meeting with each producer on my team for one hour each, every other week. And these are called strategy sessions, not accountability sessions. And account- We're adults here. We don't need any more accountability than is necessary. These accountability sessions are, you know, well, what did you do today? How many calls did you make? Fine, go have a good day. Again, I'm going to treat, I got, everybody's got their big boy pants on or big girl pants on. I'm going to treat them that way. But these strategy sessions were really just this. How can I serve you today? That was the only question on the entire agenda. How can I serve you today? And for an hour, I was listening to figure out how I could serve my team a little bit better. Sometimes the whole hour was, how do we get into this one organization? Sometimes it was personal. How can I serve you today? Well, I'm having an issue at home. And that's all we talked about. Other times it was, you know, 15 different rapid fire questions, but I was there to serve them. Our relationship improved. The organization continued to thrive. And everybody, for the most part, was happy based on that little thing. How can I serve you today? 
How many times do you ask that question to the people in your life? How can I serve you today? And if you're anything like me, and I hate to admit it, the answer is very, very low. You see, because these lessons are not just applicable in a business setting. These lessons are not just applicable in a professional setting. These lessons are applicable in a life setting, namely in a Christian setting. Because we we need to be clear about this. We need to have our druthers about us as it pertains to this. The whole reason that you and I are here, one of the principal reasons why we are here, in addition to glorifying God, in addition to honoring the Great Commission, which is to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But one of the primary reasons we are here is to serve others, not to be served, not to be glorified, not to be exalted. And that's the problem. That's where the rub happens between us and society today. People love to be exalted. Society tells us this should be a me-centric existence. Kim Kardashian, is there anybody more useless on the planet than Kim Kardashian? I am so sick of hearing about Kim Kardashian and seeing her, seeing her everywhere, who she dates, what she's wearing, who gives a flying crap? Kim Kardashian. But someone like Kim Kardashian exists to be exalted. Because he was married to her, I think. Who Kanye West? You think Kanye West has come to this uh, to this world to serve? No, he's come on this world to be served. You, you see these, you see these politicians, you see these Hollywood actors and actresses, you see these titans of industry. A lot of it is, well, how many followers do you have? How much money do you make? What TV show are you on? Oh, are those Gucci jeans? But how many celebrities are truly happy? You know what one thing one thing that I that I will say and I don't remember names but you know I I'm obsessed about current events. I mean I I read hard to believe I have the time but I read up to 3 newspapers every single day. I get alerts from every single news channel. I have a certain political persuasion. I'll let you guess which one, but even on the opposing side I'm I'm getting updates just just so I can always stay in the uh, in the know here. And one of the things that I'm 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 happy but I'm not um you know, there's been a number of musicians, young musicians that have canceled tours. I, I know Justin Bieber had a health issue, but there was, there was a couple of other individuals that had to cancel some tours. And what they're doing is they're citing mental health reasons. Now, I don't want anybody to, to have mental health breakdowns or challenges, but I'm glad they're taking time off to deal with those. And why do you say that, Paul? Like, like where, where are you going with this? Because it is not in our DNA. We are not born to be exalted. We are not born to be served. We are not born to be takers. In fact, quite the opposite. We are here to be servants. We are here to be givers. We are here to humble ourselves so he can be exalted. And the whole reason that is, is that's why Jesus was here in the first place. If you go to scripture, look at Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Yeah, Jesus paid the ultimate price. 
obviously. I mean, he died a horrific, horrifying death. So his blood could wash our sins clean, could wash the tablet clean, would ensure that we have the opportunity, assuming that we believe and assuming that we stay connected to our Lord and Savior, that we have the ability to conquer the grave just like he did. But during his entire earthly ministry, he served. He's the son of God. Do you think he might have had an ego? Do you think he might have gotten too big for his britches? Do you think possibly he could say, yeah, my dad's the one that created all of this? <laughs> I uh, No, I'm not going to cure you the lame. And no, I'm not going to sleep with beggars. And no, I'm not going to touch lepers. Are you kidding me? No, I'm going to live in a palace. I'm going to have uh, beautiful women feed me grapes. If anybody had the right to say something like that, it was Jesus. But Jesus never had a home. What, what, what did he say? There is no there is no place where the Son of Man lays his head. He wore sackcloth. He didn't have money. His whole earthly ministry was to serve. He served his disciples. He served humanity. He served the poor. He served the sick. He served the lame. He served people that didn't deserve to be served. Why? For me, I, I think the answer is very crystal clear. He wanted to set the example for the rest of us. Because that's where true fulfillment is found. That's where true love is found. That's where true passion is found. That's where true appreciation is found. I mean, universal. Like I, I don't really like that word universal. You know, universal healthcare, universal insurance, universal uh, dictates, you know, because everybody is different. There, there is no one size fits all anything because you have so many different people, so many different backgrounds, so many different passions, so many different philosophies. There's no such thing as one size fits all anything except service. This is one thing that we can all readily agree on. Some people like movies, some people don't. Some people like pizza, some people don't. And if you don't like pizza, there's something wrong with you. Some people like puppies, others don't. Again, if you don't like puppies, same thing. But for the most part, there, there's not a universal thing that makes people feel good. There's not really a universal thing that gives people happiness or a sense of contentment except service. Have you ever met anybody that felt bad about themselves after serving somebody? Have you ever met anybody who felt sick or rotten or dirty or resentful or Oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. After going to a soup kitchen or visiting the elderly or helping somebody change a tire or buying somebody a Starbucks mocha latte behind them in the drive through line. No, I haven't either. Because that's what we were born to do. Name me something else that everybody enjoys. Name me something else that makes everybody feel content and happy the same way that serving others does. You can't do it because that's what we were built for. When you do what you were built for, it feels good because that's why you were created. That's why you exist. It's a part of your DNA, whether you know it or not. And it took me four or five months as president of the star group to realize, you know what? I, I can't 
be the leader of this organization from the top down. I need to be a leader of this organization from the bottom up. That's the essence of servant leadership. How can I serve my people? How can I serve my employees? How can I serve the least of these? And again, that's not me saying that I'm more important than anybody at the star group. Far from it. They're more important than I am. But when you look at title and salaries and everything else, it's easy for people to get a big head. But service and servant leadership should not just be confined to the office, should not just be confined to the workplace. In fact, there's way more important arenas where we can lead like Christ. And that all starts at home. Are you serving your spouse? Some people go days without even talking to their spouse. Are you serving your spouse? Ah, she never rubs my back. Ah, she never asks about my day. Ah, she never cooks me any food. Ah, she always leaves the kitchen a mess. What is she doing to me? What is she doing for me? You got it backwards, Charlie. Are you serving her? Are you rubbing her back? Are you rubbing her feet? Are you asking about her day? Are you cleaning the dishes? A buddy of mine once told me, and he says this in jest, of course, it was a joke, but he said every morning he wakes up, he looks at his wife and he says, honey, I'm sorry. And she says, what are you sorry for? And he says, yeah, because I know that I'm going to screw up today. Might as well get it out of the way right now. <laughs> Wise man. Wise man, my friend. But I would take that a step further. One of the questions that I'm going to challenge you to start asking to your spouse, to your children, to your coworkers, to your community, to basically anybody that comes into your orbit is this. How can I serve you today? Two things are going to happen. One, the people whom you ask are going to be thrilled and they're also going to have a ready answer for you. Wow. He cared enough to ask. Wow. He's that selfless today. Wow. He's really paying attention to my needs. That'll go a very long way, but they're always going to have an answer. Just like I'd have an answer if you asked me right now, how could you serve me? But then number two, you'll be able to provide that service. It could be something really small, like dropping the kids off at school, taking out the garbage, picking up the dog doo-doo in the backyard. I don't know. It could be something very small, but you're going to be filled with so much personal satisfaction. I did something nice. I did something for somebody else. I served somebody else today, and I diminished my ego so I could help somebody else. It becomes addicting, and it's almost like medicine for the soul. And after a while, it's almost like you're doing it as much for you as you are from somebody else. The last thing I'm going to say before we take a very short break here and get ready for our guest, I, I, I'll i be honest, I can't remember the exact uh, verse or scripture that this comes from. But one of the things that I, that I keep in mind from the Bible is this, as Jesus says, those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This world wants you to exalt yourself. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. Do not exalt yourself. Humble yourself. Because as Jesus so prominently said, those who humble themselves will be exalted. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life 
as a ransom for many. Don't forget that very important question. How can I serve you today? We'll be right back after a short break, and then we'll come back with Mike Mears. Don't go anywhere. And welcome back, everybody. Getting really excited to introduce you to Mark Mears. Not only are you going to be blown away by this guy's brilliant thinking, but uh, I think you're also going to be inspired by the fire that he has for his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But before we bring Mark into the program here again, you've heard me say this about a thousand different times, but our stated mission is to cover the world in Christ. That ain't just a bumper sticker. That's not just a slogan. That's not something that you put on a t-shirt and just walk around because we think we're going to monetize that. That is our mission as C-Suite for Christ. This is a dark world and it's getting darker. This is a tough world and it's getting tougher. It's a heavy lift to cover the world in Christ. Mark's up for it. I'm up for it. Are you up for it? If so, go to our website, csuiteforchrist.com. Become an official member. Boy, howdy, would that be a blessing to us. Attend one of our monthly gatherings. Uh, Join one of our weekly ministries. Engage with us on social media. But for whatever you do, please do something, and we will cover the world in Christ together. One such person who did something, he's one of the newer members of C-Suite for Christ. He still has that new member smell fresh out of the box, which is really kind of neat. Mark Mears, and boy, are we are we blessed to have him in our organization. He is the chief growth officer for Leaf Growth Ventures. This is an organization to watch. He's worked with some very reputable teams, some very reputable brands, and he's also a uh, an author, and I know he's going to talk to us a little bit more about that. So, Mark, welcome to the program, brother. It's a blessing to have you here. Thanks, Paul. It's great to be with you and your listeners today. I'm I'm psyched. Well, that certainly makes two of us. So, with that being said, let's roll up our sleeves and get after it. So, the verse, Mark, as you're well aware, comes to us today from Matthew chapter twenty, verse twenty-eight. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Powerful verse there for sure. Mark, what does Matthew chapter 20, verse 28 mean to you specifically? Well, you know, Paul, I think for for me, it's real simple. God came down to earth in the form of man, his son, Jesus Christ, to live among us, to teach us how to live with one another, but also um, to give his life for our sins and repay a debt we could never repay. But he didn't come down as God. He came came down as a meek, mild baby born in a manger. And he didn't, as he got older, um, rule as others would want a king to rule. He met people where they were. And even on his last night on earth, uh, he uh, washed his disciples' feet. He showed humility, even though he knew what was to come. And so for me, that verse is so powerful as to make me stop and think, as I look in the mirror, am I being a servant leader? Am I being humble? Um, Or am I using a title or past experiences to give me some form of identity that I think I deserve uh, when I don't deserve that? And so for me, that verse is so powerful. 
I would agree. And yeah, thank you for unpacking that for sure. And, and one of the words that you said, and like I said, we're very synergistic, you and I, my friend, because you you came up with two words that mean a lot to me. And, and it's certainly true for us as an organization at C-Suite for Christ. And those words are servant leadership. And when I look at Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, those words just pop, pow, right off the screen for me. How, how would you define servant leadership specifically? And I guess more broadly speaking, why is being a servant leader so important, would you say? Well, I think that uh, as I've uh, you know been blessed to have had many different leadership uh, opportunities with great brands from PepsiCo Pizza Hut to the Cheesecake Factory to JCPenney, uh, NBC Universal, uh, McDonald's, Frito-Lay, and others, um, I've really had the, the, the opportunity to see leadership from a variety of different angles. And what I found is that servant leadership is the best form of leadership. And if you think about what we just talked about with Jesus Christ being arguably the, the greatest leader of all time, uh, we can look no further than how he led uh, during his time on earth and how we as leaders in organizations or on teams can take those words servant and humility um, and, and, and make them part of how we show up every single day. So being of service, and I, and I really this think this is a, a powerful concept. A lot of people are familiar with Simon Sinek and the whole start with why movement. And, and he has his um, golden circle, which is a concentric circle is people want to know why you do what you do before they care how you do it or even what you do. And while I believe that to be the case, I think he's missing something really important. And that is who we serve is even more important than our why. And so I believe in the higher power of fours versus the rule of threes. And so I look at that and say, who do we serve? And there are four different categories. There's spiritual, there's relational, there's personal, and there's professional. So if you think about it like a four-circle Venn diagram, you have purposeful growth kind of in the center of all that. But who we serve um, is, is so important because they overlap. They're not linear. They're very much integrated. And so... Uh, I serve God, but not just boxing him in a spiritual realm, also from a relational perspective, a personal perspective, and a professional perspective. So it, it, it to me means the who we serve is the most powerful thing that we can take away, and it actually leads us to our why, and then ultimately our how and our what. Yeah, that's very well said. I'm a big fan of Simon Sinek. In a lot of my sales trainings, I, I talk about the why, why that is so important. I'll be the first to admit you are spot on. And I'll even take that a step further because this is one of the things that makes us different at C-Suite for Christ. When you're talking about a collection of business executives, high-charging alpha men, alpha women, people that are used to the spotlight, a lot of times Christian business executives or just business executives in general love to tell the world who they are. Look at who I am. Look at what I did. Look at what I accomplished. Me, 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 me. Well, I agree with you, Mark. And I, like I said, I've, I've changed the wording a little bit. But at C-Suite for Christ, we don't tell the world who we are. We tell the world whose we are. And I think Mark is dispensing some really good advice here for sure. Mark, let's talk a little bit more about humility. Now, this is this is something that I think the world needs a lot more of. And as it says in Scripture, 
those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. I, I think it's kind of counterintuitive, but but people that go through life a little bit more humbly, maybe they think going in, gosh, you know, I just I got I got to pound my chest. I got to tell the world how great I am. I got to talk about my accomplishments. Well, it's actually just the opposite. It's, it's those people that are humble. It's those people that give the credit to God that seem to have the most success. Have you always been a subscriber to humility or did that come a little bit later in life? Oh, absolutely not. I have been humbled on many occasions and, and justifiably so by my uh, attitude that it was a title on my business card um, that, that defined me and that I somehow earned it. And, uh, there was a, 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 you know, a time as you're kind of climbing the corporate ladder that it's easy to fall into that trap. As I got more mature and not just more mature, um, in business, but, but spiritually, I really, um, you know, had to wrestle with myself and realize that I am only a vessel for, uh, for Christ. And I want to reflect his love, his light through me. And if I want to do that, people have to be able to see Jesus in me, not Mark Mears. And that's my goal. But it's, it is a lifelong pursuit. And it didn't come at a young age. It, it came after some hard knocks that um, I, I challenge anyone to, uh, you know, to, to be introspective and look at yourself in the mirror and, and really understand how do you come across? Are you uh, a clean, clear, pure vessel that shines Christ's light through you, or do people see you first? And, and it, it, it's so important now more than ever that, you know, we think about through COVID, a lot of things have changed. And with the younger generations coming into the workforce, their expectations of work are way different than, than my generation and what we came in. And, and I think, you know, I, I cite the Sloan Management School of Business study that was released in January, where they interviewed 34 million people who'd left the workforce during two-ish years of COVID and asked them why. The number one reason by over 10 times more than the second highest reason was toxic work environment. Compensation came up number 16 on the list. It's as if people took this time as a timeout and really got to thinking to themselves, maybe they got COVID or a family member did, maybe someone close to them died of COVID. I think it really gave us all a timeout uh, to really think about not only what, but who matters most in our lives and recalibrate our plans accordingly. So they call it the great resignation with all these people who've left the workforce and the creation of the gig economy, which is essentially the old broadcast news line I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore, right? People decided they were just leave a toxic work environment. So what does that leave management with a lot of egg on their face? Because not only do uh, they need people to make their business engines run, but they, they, they need to get, use this as a wake-up call to lead differently, to humble themselves and say the old command and control style that many of us grew up with uh, isn't working anymore. And so having the ability to understand who you serve and showing up different and creating a workplace where people can grow and thrive 
is, is really uh, what's necessary right now. And so that's a big part of what I'm uh, you know, channeling all of my time and energy and really the back half of my life and career to do is getting people to understand the importance of purpose. And the Purposeful Growth Revolution is what I stand for. And it's my own movement, but it's not just me. It's, it's me trying to get people to wake up and see that purposeful growth is the best type of growth. And I want to help people grow from a leader to a legacy builder. And how much more fulfilling will that life and work be than just climbing a ladder, attaining a goal, and someday saying, I guess I'm done, and, and, and retiring. I mean, the word retire is not in the Bible anywhere that I've found. Uh, and God uses um, elderly people all the time to do his work. So for me, being humble, being able to, to you know, give yourself grace and say, yeah, I, I, I probably did screw up many times throughout my life and career. But you know what? I, every day I get a new chance to show up different and be that beacon of light for Christ that he made me to be. Yeah, I really appreciate that, Mark. And again, not to get overly political here on the C-Suite for Christ podcast, but I, I can't control the thoughts that pop into my head when I'm listening to your words of wisdom. But as you're talking, I, I believe it was in the campaign trail when then candidate or maybe he was president already at that point, Barack Obama, he got a lot of heat because he said, you didn't build that, that business, you didn't build that. And then rightfully so, you know, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur. I, I, I seem to recall building my business. Thank you very much. But from a spiritual sense, as I'm listening to you talk from a humility perspective, there may be a little truth into that. The only reason Mark and I were able to grow our businesses is using the talents that God gave us. We were able to generate revenue using the talents that God gave us. We were able to secure some deals and some new clients based on the people that God put into our lives. So to some degree, before you get too high in your own supply, I built this business, I created all these opportunities, I'm the greatest thing in the world. The only reason you are where you are today, friend, is because of what God has done for us, and we would be well served to remember that. And I think that that goes a little bit into appreciation, thanksgiving. And Mark, you strike me as a person that counts his blessings on a regular basis. You know whose you are, and you give a lot of glory and honor to your Heavenly Father as a result of that. But showing appreciation can be tough, especially when cash flow isn't so good, especially when you lose a client, especially when maybe your marriage is on the rocks. So, Mark, how specifically do you show appreciation each and every day for Jesus giving his life as a ransom for us, as it says in Matthew 20, 28? And then I guess to take it a step further, why is a mentality of appreciation just so beneficial to our overall health? Yeah, great question, Paul. And, and for me, an easy one to answer. I wake up every day and the first thing I say is thank you. And not only thank you for waking me up, as you get older like me, you kind of see that a little bit differently maybe than a youngster like yourself, but um, uh, a new day and it's a fresh start. And uh, I ask the Holy Spirit to partner with me throughout the day with everything I think, I feel, I say, and I do. And I, I believe the Holy Spirit living in me allows me to um, live in and grow into my purpose. And so I will ask um, that today um, the Holy Spirit will help grow me into my purpose and mold and shape a heart more like Jesus and less like me. And I'm grateful for that because I have that opportunity because of what he did for me, not anything I did. 
for myself or for anybody else. And so you're, you're, you're right in that um, all of our gifts come from God and how we use them will delight him. We are here uh, because of him and for him. And I think that's, you know, the, 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 the key thing to think about. So the, the great, uh, you're in sales, the great uh, Zig Ziglar was, you know, uh, known for saying your attitude is your altitude. Well, I'm someone who likes to be a little provocative and think a little bit deeper. And I'll, I'll say your gratitude is your altitude. Not only how you give thanks to God, but how you thank other people and how you appreciate other people and let them know it specifically. Um, it, it makes all the difference. And so, you know, uh, practicing that cliche of, uh, you know, an, an attitude of gratitude is, is, is absolutely the way uh, to, um, to grow your relationship with people and to live into your purpose. Yeah, really great stuff here, Mark. And it's one of those things, too, that, that uh, when you talk about gratitude and appreciation, uh, oftentimes we'll hear that word fair. Well, it's not fair I didn't get that job. It's not fair I didn't get that date. It's not fair that I'm not making the kind of money that I otherwise would like. Well, it's interesting. When you want to talk about fairness, if, if, if we want to go back to fairness, none of us should be going to heaven because of original sin and what Adam and Eve did in the garden. It's only because God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins that we even get the chance for eternal life. It's not fair that we get grace, but he gives it to us anyway. It's not fair that we get this amazing love from him, but we get it anyway. So anybody that wants to talk about fairness needs to have a bit of a reality check, and I think humbling ourselves before God is one way to do that. One of the things, Mark, that, that I, I believe that you've done very well over the course of your career is you haven't just talked about being a good servant leader. You've showed it. You've walked it. So if one of our listeners wanted to start being a good servant leader tomorrow, what two or three things can they start to do to achieve that goal immediately? Yeah, great question, uh, Paul. And like I said, I've, I've not, uh, I've, you know, I'm pretty hard on myself and, and I'm, I'm, I'm nowhere near where I want to be. But the way I look at it is every day we have a new day. So you, you got to start somewhere, right? Well, the first thing is be real. Uh, I say in my book, there are four dimensions of you. There is who you think you are, who you actually are, who others see you as being, and who you ideally would like to become. And obviously, we stress a lot on the who you'd like to become, because otherwise you wouldn't pick up the book. Um, but I think the idea of being introspective and really um, taking stock with you know a deep level of emotional intelligence of who you think you are and then who you actually are, and then get some feedback. Who do others see you as being? Round it out, um, because we don't have all the answers about ourselves. We don't often know how we're coming across to others. But then say, well, who do I really want to be? And then uh, be intentional about it. And then ask people to hold you accountable. So be consistent. So if you are getting real with yourself and you're intentional about what you want to accomplish, you get others to hold you accountable for it. And they're going to want to do that because they want you to be the most ideal version of yourself because you'll be a better leader for them. Uh, but be consistent and know that you will uh, have some moments will where you'll say something and maybe write an email that was inappropriate and you'll have to humble yourself and apologize. Give grace and receive grace. When you apologize for an offensive action or words that are used that you wish you would take back, 
don't just swallow them, go to that person and make it right. And oftentimes a relationship that may be broken can be like a weld, more solid and more stable and stronger than ever uh, because of the humility of, of an apology uh, requested and one accepted. Yeah, excellent advice. And if you're a regular at the C-Suite for Christ podcast, you'll know that we've got somebody's on this show. Everybody that appears on this podcast is a member of C-Suite for Christ. So if you didn't have enough of an incentive to join our organization now, just listen to a guy like Mark Mears. How would you not want to spend time with this guy? Really impressive stuff, Mark. Uh, sad to say that our time is just about over with. But again, you've got such a unique brand of thought leadership. You're my brother in Christ. I love you. You're doing some truly amazing things out there in the world today. If one of our listeners wanted to learn more about your book, or if one of our listeners wanted to bring you on to help them grow their team, help them grow their brand, because I do know that you're a growth junkie after all. You've certainly shared that with me previously. Where should they go? What should they do to learn more about your services and your book? Yeah, that's great, Paul. And thank you for your kind words and for having me on today. Um, you can follow me on LinkedIn, um, Mark A. Mears. You can go to my website, markamears.com. The book is called The Purposeful Growth Revolution, Four Ways to Grow from Leader to Legacy Builder. It's available for pre-order right now uh, with our scheduled publishing date and launch uh, later in September. Uh, so would love to have you check out my website. There are four ways to grow with me. Uh, that is the reading, that is speaking, um, that is learning, and that is consulting. So would love to uh, set up uh, a call with you and see what your needs are and see how I can help you grow into a purposeful leader. Yeah, take advantage of that because, again, he's a somebody, again, you don't work with uh, Pepsi and McDonald's and Pizza Hut because you're a nobody. So Mark knows what he's doing here. Again, and one of the things that I'm going to let, leave you with here, Mark's link is gonna, to his LinkedIn profile is going to be in the podcast description. So if you just want to click that, that might be the easiest way to get connected with Mark. But I, I heard this somewhere. I'd give the proper credit, but I, I don't know who said it, so you'll have to forgive me. But we're talking about humility. I think the ultimate definition of humility is this. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking of yourself less. And I pray that by what Mark has said and what we talked here today, especially through Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many, that you too will dedicate or rededicate your life to serve and leadership as well as humility. Well, Mark, I'm humbled to have you as a guest today. You've been listening to my conversation with Mark Mears. He's the Chief Growth Officer at Leaf Growth Ventures. He's also an author and uh, a proud member of C-Suite for Christ. It was a blessing to talk to you today, my brother, and uh, thank you for setting aside some time for us. My pleasure, Paul. Thank you very much. You're listening to the C-Suite for Christ podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Well, as we get ready to say goodbye here, on another edition of the C-Suite for Christ podcast, I just want to say thank you again to Mark Mears, C-Suite for Christ member, Chief Growth Officer of Leaf Growth Ventures. What a wonderful man he is. Thank you, Mark, for sharing your words of wisdom. So what as we get ready to go here? What are the big takeaways? Well, again, one of the, uh, the biggest takeaways here is it's all about service. We are here in this world to serve others, not to be served. Remember Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, just as the son of man did not come to be served, 
but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Believe me, a lot of the problems that we face as a society today can be cured by service, by servant leadership. If we put ourselves in the back seat and put other people in the front seat, that's not to say don't take care of yourself, you know, let your body go. Uh, what is that? that? That oxygen mask thing. You know, you're in an airplane, the oxygen mask come down first, put yours on and then help somebody else. So I am saying take care of yourself. But if you ask one of my favorite questions to your family, to your friends, to your coworkers, to the people in your community, it's going to lead to a much more enriching life. And that question is this, how can I serve you today? Start asking that question, not just in a customer service capacity. Ask your spouse and see what happens. Your relationship is going to improve and you're going to feel a lot better. Ask that of your children. Ask that of your associates at work. They're going to have a ready answer. And you're going to feel like, boy, I was a blessing to somebody today. My life matters. I was able to help somebody today. And at the end of the day, that's why we're all here. Just want to say thank you again for listening to the C-Suite for Christ podcast. I love you. And without you, this ministry just would not succeed. I would encourage you to check out our website, csuiteforchrist.com. Become an official member. Join our movement as we seek to cover the world in Christ. Membership application is available online. You can join our weekly ministries, follow us on all the socials, but whatever you do, do something. Again, I'm Paul M. Newberger, the founder of C-Suite for Christ, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on the C-Suite for Christ podcast. People everywhere are thirsting for Christ. Our goal is to cover the world in Christ using hope, encouragement, and God's nourishing words. We hope you'll join us. Please visit csuiteforchrist.com and come back soon for more conversations centered around God's endless love for us all. I saw you in my dreams before I came here. I will keep you in my dreams when I leave here. I won't forget you, no, no. I won't forget you. Your life.